live and on lockdown. Are you ready? Ready, ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey. Hi, this is Afia Letha from KingdomBeats.com. Proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. Good day and welcome to another edition of Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. We have another guest, uh, another special guest, all the way from Los Angeles, but resides in Australia, so has a bit of a back and forward going at the moment uh, due to her career and what she does. Um, and just to welcome you to everybody, for all the listeners, and we say thank you for all the support we get for Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. We did used to have a platform we were used utilising Hearts Online, but for those just in case you're up to date, we are now uh, just doing the usual standard, uh, what we did before, but there will be a new platform coming soon, uh, so watch this space, uh, something bigger and better, and uh, this is, it's, it's a time thing. Got to plan it right, so you will be able to. You will be. You'll see something bigger happening with the Ramsey Unleashed Network and platform uh, podcast show. Um, but my guest today is none other than Marnie Lynn Fields, all the way from um, California. Well, California, but as I say, resides in Australia. Uh, I've had a couple of people from Australia recently. My last podcast I did. Which you know, a bit of a double whammy releasing podcast was um, Sarah Taylor, who was a a sixteen time female bodybuilding champion, and she is from the UK but also lives in Australia. So and I had Darren King as well, who is in Australia. So I have a having a bit of an in Australian connection at the moment, um, and uh, on the podcast. So uh, certainly been exciting having these connections. And it's, as I say, I've gone from being interviewing people in the UK to people in America, Canada, and also now Australia. So it's been, we certainly are going beyond borders to say the least. So to welcome my guest and a big thanks to, as I say, all my sponsors, supporters. They've got kingdombeads.com by Ephi Lethem. We'll have more shout outs regarding our, who we support, supports us. I want to say a big thank you to Brent Mann from brentmannmusic.com who connected me with connected with me with my current guest Marnine Linfields. So Marnine, welcome to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, Ramsey. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I love your accent. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. So how how's your day how is your you obviously at the moment you're currently in um, LA because you're traveling what's the reason you're in LA at the moment well now I am an American and I'm in Los Angeles a lot um, it's still my life and everything and where all of my success and good fortune has come from my entire life um, but I married an Australian man a film a historian named John Harrison two years ago so I also spend time with him in Australia, and he travels with me sometimes to Los Angeles, and I have to be in Los Angeles a lot because that's where my life is. But uh, we met um, across wa- the water, and we eloped uh, two years ago this March 19th, and um 
we had not met in person. We started, uh, we were writing partners. I met him online and he did some articles on my early career in film and television as a stunt woman and a stunt actress and actress. And we just hit it off. So I asked him to co-write my book, uh, uh, Cartwheels and Halos, which I hope to publish this year. And we just hit it off and I we got married. Um, we eloped to Las Vegas and it's just it's just been great having John as a partner. Fantastic! That's uh, great news. Great news. So congratulations on a, a two-year. Thank you. Certainly interesting how it came about. It's a very a, stunt, a stunt man or a stunt woman. Very very interesting. <laughs> Yes, for many years and very young. Um, I was a gymnast in college and I got discovered by Hollywood and I was a top Hollywood stunt woman for 15 years and stunt actress. And I I then ventured out into acting and after a uh, near fatal car accident, I lost my physical talent and underwent a series of abdominal operations. And that's when I got in touch with my true love, which was music since I was a little girl. I was a child musician and I played multiple instruments. Um, As a young child in elementary school, I played keyboards, um, string bass and clarinet. And so once I had the car accident, um, I knew I would never be able to go back to doing what I was so well known for with the uh, very complicated and difficult high falls and high dives and fight scenes. And, you know, just I mean, I was a real stunt woman. And um, what my book is about, Cartwheels and Halos, is that when you're on the wrong path, God will take drastic you know, action in your life to change your circumstances to see that you're on the right path. So for me, um, I did a lot of soul searching and I always wanted to sing since I was a small child more than I ever wanted to do gymnastics or acting or stunts. Singing was my first love. And when you hear me sing, you'll you'll see why (laughs) that, you know, I believe that is my of all the talents that I've been recognized for. I singing is the most challenging and the most wonderful experience that I have and I really don't care to do anything else but I do do many things that's great well, um so <clears throat> let's um well let's start off with um we've got a rough idea of where you are now and what you're doing um tell it for those who are going to be listening in the audience uh, tell us a bit about life growing up were you born in LA or were you born in a different part of America and what was life like growing up and when did all the regarding your healing when did that start to kick in regarding affecting your life and how was how was life in general for you Oh, okay. Um, Well, I was born in Minot, North Dakota, and I was born with emphysema and enlarged heart, and I wasn't expected to live to be five years old. But by nine years old, we had moved to California, and I was, I grew into my heart. It was a a very unusual situation, and it it can happen sometimes in in children where they're born with emphysema and they can overcome. And I just happen to be one of those rare cases. Um, We might be hearing an airplane or something going by for a minute there. Um, So 
I um, I wasn't allowed to go out and play with all the other children when I was uh, young and in in kindergarten and all of that. And it was it was it had a very bad Im- impact on my life. So once I was able to start going outside and play. I was, um, you know, I did kind of, you know, if I summarized my entire life, it would be a life of someone who felt they were fighting for their life most of their life, starting there at birth. I would just remember chest x-rays being very, very small and always being on the x-ray table. And um, my dad and brother, my brother was quite an athlete, my older brother, one year older than me, and his name was Bobby Fields. And my dad dad and uh, my brother, they would make me the pickle outside and take us, take me outside every weekend. And I got really, really fast because they would never let me throw the ball. I always had to run the bases while they played catch and I could never win. And they would laugh at me and I would try and try and try. Well, they made me super fast and I became a really, not only a a multi, uh, instrumentalist as a child but also an amazing athlete and so I was like a a very well-known little softball all-star in elementary school that was in the paper every week and I was uh, the fastest little kid in elementary school and I've I've always had a really busy and really active life Um, by the time I was in second grade they thought that I was um, a child prodigy in math. And mm-hmm. so I was going to ha- the high school and doing algebra with the high school kids before I go to school in the mornings. So my life was also not only one of these bizarre things happening that almost took my life that I've had to fight for continually through the years, but also this incredible discipline. And, you know, here I was in second grade going to the high school doing algebra in the morning before I went to all my other classes. And then they wanted to skip me second and fourth grade. So the reason I mentioned the math thing is that it takes a lot of math to be a composer, which I am today. And I've worked very hard, you know, to be a composer So I had this athletic childhood, and um, as a young kid, as I was doing all this softball and stuff, I also became very interested in gymnastics. And the children, other children in the neighborhood would line the block as I walked my hands they would count and uh, you know I would make it around the block walking on my hands while they were walking on their feet (laughs) and it was yeah it was just you know so they were always challenging me and everyone always expected a tremendous amount from me and so I started taking gymnastics lessons and got you know really good and um they also would bet on me that I could beat all the kids in the neighborhood as, you know, in foot races. And little me, I was really little and I would beat everyone because my brothers and dad had trained me to be this incredible, you know, fast and competitive. Um, so then in junior high school, I won the President's Physical Fitness Award, first place in the school of all of the uh, children and consider you know athlete of the year and I entered my first talent show doing gymnastics that year well by the time I got to high school I was um like head of my pipe high school pep squad and head of the gymnastics team and um 
my junior year in high school, right before I became a senior, I won most talented cheerleader at the Southern California cheerleader camp, which, you know, so that's when I started, started winning the awards in the track meets and the gymnastics. Then I won that. Then, um, Upon graduation, I was one of three women in the United States to win an athletic scholarship in gymnastics because that was 1973, and they didn't give athletic scholarships to women back then. But that same year, at 18 years old, I had a boyfriend in high school, and we went to the beach one night, and I came home, and I was really sick, and I started getting very bad pain in my left ear. Right. And, yeah, and um, the the, uh, throat infection attacked the nerves in the left ear, killing almost all of them. I think it left 2% of the hearing nerves and just inches from killing the equilibrium nerves where my life was based on everything done to date, you know, is my balance, my equilibrium. And um, so I became half deaf in my left ear. And there was another tack just in 2000 that then took half of the right ear. So today, I'm as I talked to you, uh, two days ago, a, a new digital device came. And so I'm hearing you pretty good on the um, cell phone, but I am a severely hearing impaired uh, person. I'm, th- you know, three quarter hearing loss, which is a fourth of the hearing in one ear. Okay. So how, uh, when you discovered when the throat infection uh, obviously had caused the ear damage, um, how did that affect your life? Going after you found that when that happened, was it mean going mentally? You must be think. I mean, having perfect hearing up until you had this bad throat, and it caused well, this luckily, problem. Yeah, up until that time, luckily, I had. I was already a singer, and you asked, you know, about my childhood, and my dad was a. a famous country western singer and square dance caller in Minot, North Dakota, and he had the first music television show, uh, national television show in the 1950s before we moved to California. And so music was always on, and he said as little as two years old, I would slap him on the legs and say, no, daddy, it goes like this. <laughs> so, you know, I, I always wanted to sing, but I didn't think that I could make it as a singer. And so, you know, I kind of kept it in the closet, but everyone who knew me knew that I was always, always singing. And when I was doing gymnastics, I would go past the music room and I'd see the girl doing scales at the piano and I always wanted to be there. I always, my heart knew I always wanted to be singing. And that's, that's the main thing that the main message that as I'm this age and everything I've gone through that I want to get across is that your soul is going to tell you what you really want to do, what you really should be doing and what will make you happy um, or where you'd, and you know, now I've had this incredible success with my music since 2012 and I'm about to join uh, the Grammys, the Grammys voting committee or membership of the professional membership of the Grammys. And so I, by listening to what my soul was telling me, 
as far as my childhood, um, I had a very abusive childhood with my dad, and I was already struggling with a lot of other things, with uh, the pressures. I, the, you know, children don't have the kind of pressure I had as a gymnast and a champion, little champion athlete, and you know the pressures of the. I was always studying. My my parents would have to tell me to get away from the table. So it was, and, and nobody supported me. I wasn't the gymnastics child where the parents gave up everything and came to all their meets and stuff. My dad was very abusive. I wasn't allowed to talk growing up. I wasn't allowed to sit with the family. Um, my, I had to help clean with my mom. My mom was like my, my only friend. Right. And until I was 28, I did not have a relationship with my father. I was not allowed to speak to him. He was Bulgarian, right, okay. part Bulgarian. And um, he was very controlling, very abusive. And I, I can't – everyone who went to high school with me, they know. They know what I went through Um with my dad. So when I lost the hearing, I was, I was, uh, devastated. Um, one good thing is I could lay down and I could sleep and it was quieter, but it already started, even though it didn't hit the equilibrium nerves, it started to affect the equilibrium nerves. I then went on to compete at a very high competitive collegiate level in gymnastics, um, for, for, almost three years at that time I had a fall off the balance beam and it was injured quite badly to where I could never do gymnastics again not knowing that stunts would lay in my future um uh, but I had a calves tendon put into my ankle in place of the ligaments I was injured so badly that I moved home from Utah and that's when my life changed. My brother met a stunt man who had a stunt school, and I went down there and I said, you know, I'll give it six months. And if if I haven't gotten my SAG card within six months, I'm going to go back to college because I was three years of college and just short short one year. Within six months to the day, I was one of the top stunt women in the world. Well, well, let's say uh, we'll come in, we'll come back to that, so we'll take a small. In some break for those who are listening, uh, since Mar- Marine has a lot to talk about and certainly has been through a lot since uh, the time when she, uh, the throat infection caused part of her hearing loss, and obviously regarding the, the relationship with her father, which I'm sure people who may be listening to this may be able to relate to in some way or form, might have had a similar scenario. Um, as I say, you will be able to reach out to Marine at the end of the show in the show notes of the podcast um, <clears throat> so you can maybe connect and maybe share your stories etc uh, but we're going we're to take a small break we will have our usual uh, we're going to have our standard um, 60 second singing tips and mo- motivation by Benita Charles from BenitaCharles.com Benita Charles is a singer artist from New York uh, and she is fantastic. We've played some of her songs uh, on the show in the pa- in the past, and I love her music. It's great. Uh, obviously, I won't be playing her music this week because we are concentrating on Marnine, who is an artist who, with her music, so you will hear some of her tunes uh, as the podcast goes on. But uh, but yeah, we'll be back uh, after this. We're back after uh, 
basically Beauty Charles's 60 second singing tips and uh, we will talk about her stunt section regarding her becoming a stunt woman and uh, we will kind of dissect that a little bit more and then we will talk we'll come into one of our we'll get one of our songs up playing and we can discuss the meaning of that and then we right up to the point of this song of the meaning of that first song okay we'll, we'll be back after uh, as they will take a small break and we'll be back after this hi this is benita charles from benitacharles.com on ramsey unleashed going beyond borders with your 60 second singing tip today's tip is about honing your craft i enjoy rehearsing and practicing my voice i love to experiment push myself to the limit, and see what works and what doesn't work. By the time I get to the actual performance, it's second nature. I can express myself freely and focus on the message of the song. I've prepared myself for success. I encourage you to practice at whatever it is you're doing. Hone your craft, learn your industry, and sharpen your skills. That's the only way you're going to become a master at your craft. It's time to get to work. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for the next 60-second singing tip on Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders. Okay, and welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders. Uh, as I say, my guest is Marnie Lynn Fields, all the way from uh, LA, Los Angeles, California. Uh, so, uh, residing in Australia. Um, so of a bluesy style or a bluesy kind of artist rock a bit of a mix but she will explain her style and uh, music uh, as we talk about one of her songs but before we do one of her songs we're going to dissect her stunt woman career so not she's not the bionic woman uh, but she obviously maybe she was possibly like that I mean, being a stunt woman certainly takes its uh, uh, bumps and scrapes so we'll d- find out a bit more about that so tell us being a stunt woman, I mean, how did that feel? What was it like being, and what were the film, what, what TV um, I was going to go into the uh, song that was written uh, while I was in college uh, okay. doing gymnastics, and I, sure. right before I got hurt, there was, um, I was, wa- I, I, there was a big write-up in the newspaper at Utah State about me with pictures of me on the balance beam, and I was, walking uh, through the foyer and someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and uh, I looked in a a young man's face that looked just like Brad Pitt with the long hair to the shoulders and bluest eyes you've ever seen and he says he's holding the newspaper article and he says is this you? I just had to meet you. And I said, yes, it is me. And uh, we fell madly in love. And after I got hurt, we got separated. I had to move back home to California, and he stayed in Utah at school. He did drive from Utah to California twice to take me home with him. And I was I was madly in love with the boy and release my love is this is before I started doing any stunts. If you'd like to play release my love next, this song was written. um, I started writing broken hearted love songs that year that I was and it took me many years. I was well into my 40s before I got over the loss of this love of my life and. 
So that's, I'm a pop rock blues artist and Release My Love is my big hit. It's just won the best pop song of the year from Academia Awards. Uh, it's won many other awards and it's also nominated to win the Atlas Elite Music Entertainment Award this year that'll be announced in June. Uh, no, and welcome, uh, welcome back. We, as I say, we've just been talking to. As we're not welcome back. We say we've had a few technical issues, but we're back and ready to rock and roll. So, Marlene is about to introduce her song. Uh, so, Marlene, please introduce your song. Um, yes, the song is "Release My Love," and it was based on um, a young man I met in college. And uh, we got separated after I had an ankle surgery. And I had to move back home to Los Angeles. Um, and I started writing Broken Hearted Love Songs that year. And this is my big hit this year. It's um, just one best pop song of the year, December 2018 from the Academy Awards. And it's also nominated to win the 2019 Atlas Elite Music Entertainment Awards for best pop song of the year. And that'll be uh, determined in June or July. Fantastic. So we'll be back after release, my love.
back uh, to Ramsey and he's going to be on borders with my guest Marnie Lynn Fields um, so that was uh, Release My Love by Marnie uh, her song so I hope you enjoyed that uh, it was a great song so um, le- so let's tell us about your be- becoming a stunt woman so how did getting into being a stunt woman uh, well kind it's of- just yeah it's it's an it's a miracle and it's an amazing adventure and just just a chance of a lifetime. Um, I was home from college with that ankle surgery, and my older brother Bobby Fields uh, he met a stuntman who owned a stunt school named Paul Stater, and Paul Stater was Cary Grant's double. Oh. And so my brother said he can't do those stunts. My sister can. So he sent me down there and I joined Paul Stater's stunt school. Now keep in mind I had had this ankle surgery and I had I already had a, a calves tendon in place of the ligaments in my foot. And just just a couple of years ago, I had some problems with the foot exploding inside, oh. and that calves tendon is still in there, and they no longer even do calves tendons. This was done in 1976, the, the surgery that I had, and they now use ropes to tie the, the ankles back together that have ripped all the ligaments. So I went down to the stunt school and Paul Stater recognized the champion athlete and uh, gymnast in me. And at that time, I I do believe that I was the only real um, advanced class one all around gymnast, female gymnast that was even doing stunts. So my career took off like, you know, a skyrocket. I was going to return to college if it didn't work out. But within six months to the day, not only was I acting but I was also getting stunt acting roles or smaller acting roles and I had been studying acting up at Utah State so it was perfect and I I just loved it um for three years I did just stunts and stunt acting roles but then in 1979 I met um Victor French of Highway to Heaven and Little House on the Prairie and he changed my life again. I first had the the major change after the accident in college and getting into stunts. Then in 1979, I became a really serious student of acting. And I, uh, Victor French handpicked me to join his um, elite group of actors, an actor's troupe of, you know, for theater. And I became a real actor's actress. And I just completed just after all these years, I wrote it, you know, a lot of it years ago, but I've just published my first book on the craft of acting just within the last few weeks, uh, the elusive craft of acting and actors preparation process. And everyone who knows me that knew me doing stunts, they all still thought of me as just an actress, even though I was, I did stunts, big stunts for 15 years. I was also doing a lot of uh, small theater in Los Angeles and I was going on, I've gone on hundreds of auditions and I've landed acting roles of every size from, you know, 
cameo to bit part to co-star guest star to co-star and lead and so i'm always acting and i'm still acting even though a car accident took away the stunts in 1991 i i had a, a very bad car accident in the late 80s and by 1991 the results of that car accident resulted in uh, 12 years of abdominal operations and so i was unable to ever do stunts again after after the car accident and you know but I, I've continued to act and excluding the years that I was having these abdominal operations and that's when I became a singer okay uh, was there any any famous or well-known films or tv programs that you did the stunts on Oh, yes. Yeah, I did um, a lot of feature films and also uh, primetime television. I was I was mostly primetime television, all of the hit TV series of the day. In 1985, I was coined Hollywood's original Fall Girl and awarded a, a Fall Girl license plate by J.P. Bill Ketching, who was a, another famous uh, stunt director. He doubled um, Dennis Weaver and... Um, he was with the Stuntman's Association, and so I was I was known for my high falls, real high, high falls. Like I jumped off the first interstate bank building for a Quincy feet first without a cable. It was wow. huge. It was, um, and I did – I jumped out of a jet on um, – uh, Rockford Files, feet wow. first uh, onto the runway as it was um, taxiing. I'm the girl that went off the Clint Eastwood punched off the moving train in the gauntlet. That was my big claim to fame because that was one of the most difficult stunts a young girl had ever done in 1977. I went off backwards with a half twist off a moving train and you can get sucked back under the wheels. Very, very dangerous. And so that launched my career. And then I did a lot of uh, Man from Atlantis. I did a lot of high dives. I did a double person high dive off the bridge in Santa Monica into six feet of shallow water. And I did a dive out of a helicopter into a swimming pool to save Patrick Duffy on Mount <laughs> from Atlantis. And I mean, I was, see, I had this amazing gymnastics talent and I didn't, even though I did a little bit in cars or whatever, I mainly was, I was the fall girl. I did high falls and Pratt falls and fight scenes. And I mean, the list just goes on and on. And then I also got stunt acting roles until the mid-80s. Then in the mid-80s, I started getting known as a serious actress coming off theater and the training with Victor French. And then I started landing roles. I landed a very large co-star role in a film that really didn't get seen that could have launched my career. And that was uh, called Hell Hole. I play the insanity victim that receives the chemical lobotomy from Mary Warnov. And I was up for stuff. I, I almost landed a reoccurring role on Santa Barbara as the hooker Mika. And I was taken to the producers with just one other girl on like four or five different occasions. And each time I got beat out. So, you know, there were life-changing moments there, but now they're there, and my career is, is bigger than ever before. Today, I'm in an amazing spot after all this loss, and, you know, it's really very exciting. Um, 
But uh, f- a few more of the I did Nightmare on Elm Street um, Part Two, <laughs> Freddy's Revenge. I did the fight with Freddy on the floor with his long fingernails, and the run across the catwalk when it broke away to the hang from the bar. I had a guest starring role on Scarecrow, Mrs. King, as Artillery Dorothy, who gets blown up and shot down by fighter pilots <laughs> running through a minefield. Bruce Boxleitner's girlfriend, and I've got scenes with. Um, these are some of the acting roles. Uh, Jeff Goldblum on Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I'm the girl he teaches to sing in the choir. And um, I'm the girl that Dick Van Dyke carries down the through the house of fire. The sick nun on Stanley Kramer's The Runner Stumbles. And Stanley Kramer casts me himself. I'm uh, the derailing train passenger whose seat catches fire in Irwin Allen's uh, The Swarm. And um, I also, he asked for me back to double Shirley Jones on the on the Poseidon Adventure. I did all the underwater scuba work. I'm an advanced certified scuba diver. Wow. And I was the first woman photographed to do the Man from Atlantis swim. Wow, that's impressive. That is impressive. As I say, impressive resume, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I've done some... 150 film and TV shows. That is, it's a lot of them, obviously, with big actors, big names. Uh, I mean, in big films, and I have to say, what was it, being, blow, being blown up? That kind of been. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, amazing. And and this weekend, just today, if you go to my wall, and I meant to tag you, I'm. Uh, they've done an article for the Oscar weekend, mm-hmm. Santa Monica Daily Press, and they ask my opinion on the Oscar issue of stunt players not getting an Academy Award, and they only interviewed two people for the article, and I'm one of them. Ooh, so that's, that's yeah. I guess three people were two men and myself. Um, but I wanted to say this brings us to the second song, Standing Ovation, You're the Star, about an actor who breaks a young starlet's heart, a tyrannical actor, theatrical tyrant, who breaks a young starlet's heart. Okay, well, let, do you want to, uh, well, let, we'll, we'll tie into that. I mean, I just, wow, as I say, I think I'm kind of, well, pardon the pun, blowing it away, regarding the, uh, with all the, the amazing films in the, the talent you've been working with by being a stunt woman and it's obviously it's a shame due to the accident that it was sadly came to an end uh but obviously by something coming to an end it's obviously it's it's a plan in your life that's now taking you to bigger heights and bigger yes and, and that's stunt woman and actress i, I was very and still am hmm. a very serious um actress and highly trained in the craft of acting so I always need to mention that you know yes you know and I had the gymnastics talent but I was a serious everyone thought I would be the next sissy spacex uh, everybody thought I'm destined to be after they saw Hellhole and some of my guest star roles. They were sure, but then I right at the height of my my acting, you know, just ready. To, I made page three of Star Magazine, and no stunt girl had. I made this big landed this big co-star role. No stunt girl had ever 
come from the pure stunt arena to, to really be start to be recognized as a lead, you know, a, an actress of, at my caliber. And then I lost everything overnight from this horrible car accident, which again, uh, fighting for my life mm-hmm. under devastating and tragic situations and having to learn to reinvent myself and readapt, um, you know, and I never thought I'd get on my feet. It took me a year to walk again. And then after each of the abdominal surgeries, I couldn't walk. And I lived in heights of screaming pain. I would stand in the doorway for 12 years. I was screaming in pain. I never thought I would live. I never thought I would do anything ever again. And what I did each day is I got up and I crawled to my microphone. Okay, insane. Well, let's. We're going to introduce your song, the 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 one, the next one you just mentioned, and I'll let you introduce that, and we'll come back to you. We'll come back after the song. Okay. That standing ovation, you're the star, and it was 2018 Atlas Elite Music Entertainment Awards Best Pop Song of the Year nomination. And it was produced by Steve Valenzuela, who is uh, a gold record recipient on Kelly Clarkson's Greatest Hits Volume 1 and the sound engineer on her song Catch My Breath. Well, here is Standing Ovation by Marlene, Marlene Lynn. We'll be back after this. All I do is cry 
Proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. And welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. All the way, we're coming to you from, well, coming from Scotland with my guest, Marnie Lynn, who is currently in Los Angeles, California. But as I say, is have the Australian connection due to her current, uh, her husband is Australian. Um, so we've just, I hope you enjoyed that song. Great. And it's, I'm just in awe of the, from her background regarding stunt and the, how she's what she's come through is like wow it's like you could not really make it up it's like you could not make any of that i mean i think the thing it just catches i don't know why it's just just being blown up it just makes me laugh oh here's you're being a stunt this is your part you're going to be blown up oh, fabulous so it's kind of it's brilliant you could it's 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 exciting it's been exciting to listen to the, the people that you've worked with and just the, how your this song has came about, we've just listened to, um, and how. So let's let's go through the. You've obviously with the tragic act, car accident and the surgeries you've had to go through, having to learn to walk again, learn to to go through the pain. I mean, that must have taken some fight to knowing. Obviously, you had a singing background you were able to sing to get drag yourself to your microphone i mean the psychological part of that must have been very very difficult um yeah i never you know what it did is um i mean my brothers would make fun of me she's sitting on her bed learning all these songs and you know but the thing is is that i wanted to sing and i always wanted to sing and it was uh, the the pain. I, I wouldn't wish the pain on anyone, no matter what. I couldn't get rid of the pain. It was excruciating, screaming pain. I had, I had, you know, I got hit by a truck at over mm. 50 miles an hour. I'm, it's a miracle I'm alive. But see, I was strong little gymnast stunt woman and my body, I was solid raw and I was somehow able to survive this massive hit and my car was cut in half and um, where other people they, they, then they said that the paramedics were slapping my face in 
the ambulance and saying, you're lucky you're alive. People don't live in broadside hits where it takes half the car off. And he hit me right on the driver's door. So all that nerve and muscle was ripped from the left side of the body. I couldn't hang laundry. I couldn't turn my head to the left. A champion gymnast. And I would get on my, my knees and I would crawl my back was so injured and so weak. And when I'd move, I had to move sometimes. I would push boxes with my feet. I'd just sit on the ground and push them a little bit till I could get it where I needed it in my apartment. And I lived, I was very isolated. The phone went from ringing off the hook for 15 years in high demand. And it's one night overnight now, it has stopped ringing. And I'm completely alone. I have no one except my mother, my beautiful mother. And, you know, I, I can barely even uh, even talk about it. It was so I became completely it's like there's a movie out and they have a lot of pins in their head, the, the pinheads. Yeah. And they talk about if you can get past the pain, you can find pleasure. Well, when you go through what I've gone through, you become incredibly non-competitive. You reach a level of peace where other things that other people are fighting for, you 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 are very fragile, yes, and that's helped my music tremendously and also helped me with compassion and what I'll do for other people. Because I never, you lose, when you look up and you've had, you've been, you know, had an, I had five stomach operations where they cut, like they cut for a cesarean, only no baby came out. There were 19 tumors and cysts removed. And I would get home from the hospital almost dead and staples in my stomach. And you look down and you're just humiliated. You just feel like you're, you're, you're worthless. You lose, um, all ego and, you know, and so to think that I, I've healed and come from that, when I first started to try to sing again out in public, I could only do one song and I would collapse. That's, that's how weak, you know, it was, it was, you can't go through something like this. It takes years and I'm still, I, you know, and then again, fighting for my life. I've always felt like I've had to fight for my life. So then I've worked 10 times harder than the other person because I've always been aware that my life could be ending. And, um, but the last surgery was in 1999 and I came home, um, from the hospital and I wasn't, didn't talk to anyone and I took a taxi. I was too embarrassed to have anyone have to know that I'd had the fifth operation and I got into my apartment and I fell feet first onto the ground, face first, excuse me. And all of a sudden I was sure I was dead. There was nothing left of me. And I start, a friend had told me that the only person that could heal was Jesus Christ. Mm. And I fell to my face and I started just begging Jesus Christ for my life that I didn't want to die. And I felt that now I've since a priest has told me when you're under 
extreme emotional duress and that kind of pain, you can hallucinate. Well, I swear something appeared before me and I saw a pair of sandals and I started to kiss the ground. And I felt a hand come from spirit and touch me on the shoulder. And from that day, I got got stronger. And I said, you know, Jesus Christ healed me. And people say, Jesus Christ isn't the one who heals. You know, maybe an angel. Well, all I know is praying with all my heart. Please, I don't want to die. Please. And I had not been baptized. Mm -hmm. So I... um, I got to church to find out who this, who Jesus Christ was. I had never been in a church as a young child, and I look at all the darkness, the stunts, the surgeries, the accident, and so I got baptized, and Jesus Christ saved my life. And at that time, my mom had ran away. She had a had had a surgery where a tumor was removed, and she lost blood flow to the brain, and they pumped her heart. Right. So two weeks after my baptism, or right around, my mom was found under a different name and diagnosed with schizophrenia, dementia, and Alzheimer's. So um, I was able to bring her home to safety. Mm-hmm. and care for her for 13 years and when ruby was found we didn't think i would live and she was almost dying and she had lost her sight and gone almost completely blind because she had lymphoma in the brain up mm-hmm. above her eye and she also had breast cancer so um when ruby was found there was a lot of stress in the family and a lot of worry about Ruby and I had just overcome these 12 years and major operations and I collapsed, got sick again and lost the other half of the hearing in my right ear. Right. Just as Ruby, just as I moved Ruby in, the week I moved Ruby in. So Ruby and I have a real strong calling and here I was almost completely deaf and there she was almost completely blind and she did go completely blind before she died i cared for her 13 years and i've written her script and i want to try and sell her story i've had a lot of reads on ruby's script it was important for me when ruby was found to write ruby's story because hers was 10 times worse than mine was Mm -hmm. and she was so special and um just just wonderful. So that's cool. I'm just I'm listening. It's it's such a it's a awesome how you, uh, yeah. I'm always like lost for words. I want to ask you next because it's what to go through all that is and how you I mean you couldn't imagine it on anybody at all. Yeah, just you know, I'm really strong. There's something about me that. Um, was a they say God won't give you anything you can't handle, and um, you know I do know this that I can't be broken by any circumstances. After everything that's happened, I have such a strong faith. But I can tell you, before Ruby was found, my place was drenched in holy water. 
there was Eucharist everywhere. And, you know, I am of of God. I found God and finding God and just that the, the whole experience, you know, no one will take that from me. No one will ever take what I have, what I have learned spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so if I meet a real bad person that tries to mess with me, cause you know what they, what people do is they'll try to mess with you and then they'll try to say, Oh, you're not really the good Christian or whatever you claim to be. But you know what, uh, Ramsey, I really am. Mm-hmm. I really am the good Christian I claim to be. And I really take my faith very, very seriously and it changed everything. And now the blessings I'm receiving, um, and I, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. And I'm, I'm not going to, no matter what my age, I've come into a position of leadership. I'm going to stand, stand strong. I'm not going to, I'm not going to browbeat other people. Other people don't have to, if they don't want to, they, everyone has a right to free choice and free beliefs and all of that. But, um, I'm, I'm like every day. Wow. I'm standing Mm-hmm. I'm there's and I've started a, a um a group on Facebook share your miraculous story of God's healing powers of God's miraculous healing powers and I'm witness to miraculous healing powers and so was Ruby Ruby became cancer free for 13 years before she died mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that it's, uh, cancer's a horrible everyone wants to be looking at it neg- looking at their life negatively you know their survival here that needs to be just praise god mm-hmm. amen amen um well, i mean so once we'll go, go into a bit more into your music um you're obviously you've i mean the, the now after ruby passing and uh, with everything going on, going on, we, we, with having l- losing part of your hearing in the other ear as well. Uh, so, what was the next kind of stage from there? I mean, you obviously, how I mean, uh, you're going to redevelop your health again. You're after falling ill again, and how did I mean the recovery process? Was it quite quick? Uh, and then, what was your next step from there with the music side of things? Well. Um once Ruby was found, everything was perfect. My family, she was my family and my brothers, they were busy with their lives and their wives and their children. They didn't really want to be involved with Ruby and nobody was able to handle her homelessness. Even people at the church gave her bad looks when she'd show up. Ruby had it really bad and Ruby was gorgeous and she was sweet and she was wonderful. Well, Ruby and I, we, um, I bought a little townhouse and I had been writing in the early, you know, in the eighties and studying script writing and all of this. But every time I would sit down to write, I would want to sing. So after I had the first started going through the surgeries, I went back to school. I, you know, got very educated with my script writing and also my as a as a composer of pop uh, songs and a lyricist and you know uh, Reese at Berkeley School of Music studied um, 
music theory and lyric writing and all of this. And so I, I started a lot of compositions those years and I got a little keyboard and everything. Then when Ruby was found, we moved and I, at, I, I lined the wall with boxes that had my writing project. There was a ton of them and they were all unfinished. And I went, but see, you can see you started them. Then you had the surgeries and you lost consciousness. And then you tried to get back up on your feet. And I also lost part of my thigh to right thigh to melanoma those years and had a, had a very difficult time walking again. My, my legs were always being taken from me. Mm-hmm. So I recognized that I I had these songs and I had um, these scripts and these different writing uh, things like the acting book that I just published. And I started um, getting serious. One day I had heard about uh, Joseph, uh, Jesus's father, was the worker. And if you pray to him because I've started going to both uh, Lutheran and Catholic and Christian, and I still go to all different ch- churches and have different, you know, I listen to all different ministers, and I like that. You know, I love a Catholic Mass, and I usually go every Sunday, but then I also listen to ministers on TV because I feel anyone who's been anointed, they have something to say, and they do. They're brilliant, and I get so much out of no matter what religious service I'm in, I get so much out of it. It lifts my spirit, and it's just great and so um i um when i was in college when right at the end of high school one day i was in the cafeteria and i heard elton john your song and it changed my life it was like the most beautiful song i've ever heard and this is what opens my book is elton this elton john your song stopping me in my tracks and being the most beautiful song i'd ever heard so when i was in college i would pick elton john type piano music for my gymnastics and you do floor exercise to piano or one instrument and um so here it is now ruby's been found and i've been asked by a guy on facebook named david paul freeman if i will record one of his songs and so i picked one of his songs it was called afraid of the morning and i changed it into shadows i restructured it and rewrote the melody line and used his music and we collaborate and he still has afraid of the morning um, but it's a different like kind of punk rock and i turned it into a bluesy hit well, wouldn't you know that um, Stuart Epps of early Elton John and Led Zeppelin fame, he stepped in to produce it. And so here now, my dream has come true 40 years later or 30 years later of Elton John. And now I have his original uh, record producer producing me. Wow. And so... Yeah, Stuart Epsey did Elton John and Led Zeppelin and George Harris, but it was mainly Led Zeppelin and Elton John, but mainly Elton John. And so now Marnie Lynn Fields sits in that category. And my life's a dream in so many ways. And so the suffering or whatever took place, it's not significant. What's significant are the blessings because there's been so many. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just I started doing the songs and then the songs started winning awards. 
and I've won 26 uh, awards for my songs, my script writing, my acting, and my stunt work. And last August, I was awarded a legendary stunt award, um, legendary stunt woman of the year award from the Ac- International Action on Film Festival for my lifetime contrib- contributions uh, in film. And so it's, uh, it's just great. And then if I bring you into the next song with all of that, because I'm kind sure. of like I've told you everything now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the, the ink, Inky, Inkly, Inkla one, that one you're going to talk about, the I-N-K-L-A one. Is that, is What's that? that? Yeah, yes, that's I'll Never Kiss His Lips Again. And it's a song uh, written for suicide prevention. Wow. It wants the LANFA, L-A-N-F-A, Nollywood Awards Best Single of the Year in 2018. And the song has a very special place in my heart. When I was in high school, my very first boyfriend at 16 years old, he uh, shot himself in his mid-30s. He became a policeman. And... He, I adored this boy in high school, junior high school actually is when we met and we were together one year in high school and he was just the most wonderful, talented basketball player. Then um, I met another man when I started uh, composing and singing in 1991 and his name was Greg Leslie, and he was a guitarist. And he uh, died overnight, suddenly, in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, another man that I had met that um, I was in my 20s, and he got in his Porsche one night, ran a red light, and died suddenly and I had just just barely known uh, this this gentleman but he was so nice to me so I'll never kiss his lips again is a combination it's you listen to it and it's written for a a tormented poet who commits suicide every one of my songs and my scripts they're all most of them are have a charity focus because I would like to, if they did ever become successful, it would be, certainly be more than enough money, more money than I've ever had. And, uh, you know, I don't need that much. Um, so I would, I would love a, a charity focus on those. But um, the first, the first boy, John, um, he, uh, that was spelled J-O-N, he wrote me poetry and so his he's partially based on that and then my husband john harrison he helped me one day i was stumped on just a few of the lyrics and i was like man it's like i'm message John and I said could you please help because he's a really amazing writer john harrison mm-hmm. and he's stepped in and within minutes he helped me complete the song that I've been working on for years with the lyrics so John is a co-lyricist on I'll Never Kiss His Lips Again. Fantastic, brilliant well let's say, well, what we'll do is we'll 
and you want to introduce the song, we'll play that, and then we can uh, we'll maybe get find out where people can connect with you after that. Uh, well, and, any, and just anything you goals you have for the next, what you want to do for the going forward, um, and to people what you're aiming what you're aiming for basically. So I'll let you introduce this song. Yeah, I've I'll never kiss his lips again. It's a, a, a very dramatic song. It's a pop blues song about uh, a tormented poet who commits suicide. And uh, I hope you like it. Okay, we'll be back after this.
and welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. That was uh, Never Kiss Again, um, our, one of the so- songs of Marnine. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to our supporters of our show. We have uh, EileenSmith.com, uh, that's I L E A N E, EileenSmith.com. She has a YouTube channel. She does a lot of live stream testing. So if you're ever looking for platforms regarding podcasting, um, live streaming through like YouTube or whatever, you can check out her channel or, and her website and for finding any information if you're interested in learning some stuff uh, or wanting to start a podcast. There's also the Guy R. Cook Report, uh, who does the Guy R. Cook Report podcast. Uh, he does general B2B uh, chats and uh, SEO tips. Um, and there, his podcasts are no more than five to ten minutes long. We have John Drummond, who is based in Edinburgh, Scotland. He does from ideasgolive.com. He's a web designer. He's done my website. Uh, I also want to shout out to Curtis Brooks Media Productions, who is um, a recent supporter of our show. Uh, Brentmanmusic.com from Brentman, all the way from Canada, but lives in Tampa, Florida, a country gospel artist supporting us, and we thank you for that. Um, also, we've got Shannon Griffin, who is a breast cancer survivor who set up For Humanities t-shirt company in California and does a lot of creating, does a bit of graphics as well. So uh, thank you for all these people who support us. It is fantastic. And obviously myself, who I, obviously my own business is a cleaning business, edinburghdusters.co.uk. If you're looking for some cleaning services, I'll happily be able to help in a free quote. Um, but yeah, so as I say, thank you for all our supporters. But plus, the main one, our sponsor is KingdomBeads.com by Ephia Lethem. Um, we thank you for her, and uh, please check out the website KingdomBeads.com if you like what you see. Please make a purchase or design your own if you fancy it. So thank you for that. So we're now going to be back with Martin. We're going to wrap up the show. Uh, as I say, I've been extremely challenged by her how the journey that she's been on from somebody who technically should not be be here and with what she has gone through regarding health um, car crash operations technically she should not be standing but a miracle uh, I'm going to quote Brent Mann God sees big and he's still making miracles whether you believe that or not Marnine is obviously a miracle a walking miracle uh, in this case, due to what she has gone through, and we thank thankful. Well, she's a a testimony to many of what she has gone through to others uh, who are around the world and through her, her her just the amazing story of being a stunt woman, her acting, and how her career changed from to music, and how she was uh, went through a bit of abuse from her uh, from her father, her kids, her brothers teasing her, uh, but she has obviously just fought very, very hard and and she's almost like the Joseph of the Bible, when Joseph I mean, basically his brothers are serving him, rather than and she is almost the one that's now the master almost, she is the one that's in control because she has risen from the depths of almost having nothing left but to becoming something amazing, and we thank we're so grateful for that because it says it's been a, we cannot imagine what she has gone through. Uh, so, Marlene, tell us 
what are your goals? Have you got a goal for the next five, ten years, or what do you want to? What do you see yourself doing going forward? Have you got any pro- big projects coming up, or what? Anything going on? Well, that that is really a great question, and I just want to say that this has just been a wonderful interview to be able to reach deep inside myself, and I've shared with you and your audience things I've never told anyone before. Mm. And so I I thank you for that, and it's really great. Um, My number one goal is there's – I want to do the greatest work of my career yet, and I feel my finest day is yet unknown. My mother's script – it's been titled The Lost and Found Gem because her name is Ruby. And I may or may not keep that title. I have another title in mind um it's about her running away becoming a homeless uh, street person and living on the street for nearly nine years not knowing her name battling schizophrenia multiple cancers and just everything horrible that you can even imagine until she's found through a missing persons report that i filed the day she turned up missing and brought home to safety and are reuniting with her and finding her and bringing her home to safety to care for her. This was our greatest story. Ruby and I told each other this story every day. We loved it. It was the best story ever because we lived it. And, you know, so I'm hoping to inspire the millions of uh mentally ill who are homeless and their families with Ruby's story. I would love to start a charity in Ruby's name in the ideal situation where people could meet someone like Ruby because she was, I was her only friend and she was my best friend and you've never met anyone like Ruby. She was so sweet and just, just an amazing listener and just an amazing, amazing brilliant, talented, beautiful, clean, immaculate, organized, the best cook. I just it had it all. Mm-hmm. And to think that, you know, this would happen to her after a surgery, losing blood flow to the brain to where they then diagnose. I still debate it wasn't schizophrenia. She lost blood flow to the brain, but they, you know, she didn't know. And this is a horrible thing to say, but I'm going to say it. Ruby did not know to pull her pants up in the middle of a road. This is how serious that's serious. And you don't wish that on anyone. And, and it's, uh, I don't know any other description to say other than, you know, what I, what I would witness on a daily basis. So that's the number one goal. And then I've, I'll never kiss his lips again is an important work for suicide prevention in memory of, you know, these young men I knew and how their lives were taken so quickly. Now, even though the, the other two weren't necessarily suicide, they still had the conception of I'll never kiss his lips again. The, 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 the song is very spiritual in nature and deals a lot. I mean, uh, some people have even referred to it that it could go a gospel way because of that. And But the one uh, man who 
drove his car through the red light with the Porsche, uh, he was a speed demon. And so that was, you know, kind of a suicide. And I'm getting ready to produce a music video of that. And so, you know, the, I just want to do real high quality work that has depth now. Mm-hmm. Do you see just a touch on... The, obviously the story with Ruby do you see that being a film or maybe a stage type of show in some way or form story told Ruby script yeah would you yeah want that's to, a film would you want to see a film um, I, I'd love to actually yes. I'd love to be able to uh, you've obviously got a lot of contacts through with your acting I'd actually love to be able to introduce you to a friend of mine who I managed to catch be, I was able to see when I was in Florida last year on holiday uh, obviously, I managed to meet Brent Mann in person. He flew over from Tampa to Fort Lauderdale, and we hung out for the day. It was great. It was great fun uh, hanging out, meeting him after knowing him for so many years online. Uh, but also, I met my friend uh, Sevilla Morgan, who I've known for a long time, and uh, t- her name's Tachi. Uh, her name. She's a media professor and lives in Fort Lauderdale, and she does things like talk shows and directs them and things. And maybe I'd love to be able to connect you two up, if that's okay. Um, because well, you- yes. And see, the film has had 15 reads and big reads from like Dustin Hoffman's ex-manager and Jessica Simpson's Papa Joe's, Michelle Lee. Wow. And I've been very close to selling it. It is an amazing script. And I want to sell it this year. And I want to, you know, I'm going to produce uh, the trailer and then try to sell it because I want, I want to see this. Uh, this, Some people say it'd be a great movie of the week, but this is a real-life horror story, Mm -hmm. and I've written it that way. Uh, And Ruby helped write it. Ruby is a co-writer on her own story, which is, you you don't hear that often, and this is someone who really lived that. And so it's a very important work, and Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that it gets the value and the exposure that it deserves because the goal is to help millions with it. Yeah. And to become, I became her guardian. I became a guardian to one, and the power I received spiritually, becoming a guardian to one one homeless person and bringing them home to safety. I can't even describe to anyone what that did to mm. me spiritually. And if if I could become a guardian to millions with her story, then when I'm on my, on my last breath. It's not going to matter if there was darkness. It'll be light everywhere because I will have done the right thing. And that's the thing that people are missing out on. So many people want to be bad and they want to do bad things to other people or they want to betray them or they want to, you know, cause problems. No, we're supposed to be here to do what's right for other people and towards other people. And if you're doing that, you're going to pay off any bad karma or bad debts of any bad that was done. And then when on your last breath, you know, there's just going to be skyrockets of, of, you know, fireworks going off of that. You did the right thing. And then that soul is going to land where it should land, at least where I want my soul to land on my last breath. Mm -hmm. And no one on this earth is worth taking that from any individual no one, mm-hmm. whether it, it is a husband or a friend or anybody messing with you, 
if that person is messing with you and they're going to be dishonest and they're going to be disloyal and they're going to be nasty and they're going to be dirt playing dirty tricks, I don't want anything to do with them because mm-hmm. my goal is to please God at the end of my life with what I'm doing. Come on. Amen. Amen to that. But I love, as I say, I love to build things. You should attach you just as a connection. She is, and you can, I think I, I enjoy connecting people um, in a similar sort of industry or uh, might you maybe be able to, just having that conversation might be, might be a connection. Well, I'm really looking for the money people for the film. I'm absolutely looking for that. I'm looking for the executive producer that is going to take this film with me mm-hmm. and I will still be in as, I won't be the film director, but the theatrical director. Okay. I still want my vision coming forward. So I have strong goals. And so I'm, I'm definitely open to making contacts and mm-hmm. I've finished the, almost finished the final draft and it will be ready to pitch just within weeks well, of uh i'd love to be able to connect you with people anyway uh, just people who are you do uh, a couple of people who like a friend person i know called tony henderson myers who does a lot of stuff regarding broadway who runs two businesses and does a bit of tv stuff as well uh she's more in, she's in north carolina but does a lot of stuff in broadway new york um, as I say, there's Tachi. Uh, well, you know, I have other Broadway things she could be interested there in. There we go. There was a small. I world. have other things I've written that could be uh, good for Broadway. Ruby's film wouldn't really be good for Broadway, yeah. but uh, it's more of a feature film. Cool. I'd love it to be a feature film, but other people say movie of the week. I say, well, let it go to TV after it's been released as a film. There we go. And, well. Uh, well, I'll connect you with these people after they down uh, after we've done the show, and we can uh, you can as I say, I'll let you have a conversation with them and chat away, and maybe Sounds you great, might Ramsey. be able to you might be able to help each other down the line. That'd be great. As I say, it's always good to make connections, and it's all about helping each other. That's what that's what counts. And if it creates something new, fantastic. That's what's the the good thing about connecting. And you'll you'll like the, the Tony is fantastic. She does her. She's got a uh, platform like Wise Courtship and things. And Tatch is a series a media professor who resides in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, but uh, does lots of uh, shows and stuff. And she she's very good um, at what she does as well. So I'll introduce you to them late after the show. Uh, but I want to say thank you and thank you for being on the show and thank you for everything. Thank you. Uh, so I want you going to give us a quick closing message and what you would like to like to say to people well i guess the main thing is if anybody wants to check out my background and my credit in um film and television they can find me under marnine fields on the imdb and then um i've got some really great videos up on vimeo under the Marnie Linfields. And I prefer the Vimeo videos than the YouTube because the quality is so much better on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have a website that is, um, I'm developing it now, but it is up and a lot of, they can find out a lot and see a lot is heavenlywaterfallproductions.com. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They can see, you know, everything. Oh, it's just great. The website is amazing. And they can sign up for a free download. And I will they put them on my mailing list and they can get a free download. And it's also a place where people can make donations or dip into for sponsorships and this sort of thing. And then my music website is marnielinfields.com. And they on the music website, they can see thumbnails of the hundred shows that I've appeared in as a live performer. Um, and they can also hear songs. There's a bunch of the award-winning songs up that they can play and, again, sign up if they want to. Um, and then my CD Baby Store is is up and there's a lot of um i have a new cd that just came out yesterday which is a compilation of um award-winning songs all the number ones and so that's available on cd baby i guess that's about it we'll have all these uh, links uh, on the show notes of the the podcast uh, and if you listen to it you can check out you'll be able to see where you can connect with Marnie. And uh, see all the stuff that she's done and listen to her music and purchase some music as well, if you like it. Uh, like the tunes on the podcast, you'll be able to hopefully go and buy her music and uh, have it on your, your iP- iPhone and listen to it uh, if you're on the, on, the, on the go. So thank you, Marlene. Thank you uh, for thank you very much being a part of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders show. It's certainly been an eye-opener for me. And a thank you for Brent Mann from BrentMannMusic.com for basically connecting us. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure, and uh, wow, it's you that you've been through so so much. You could not make it up, uh, and how you're still you're you're standing for that a miracle reason. Uh, you're still going, and wow, and as I, as as Brent Mann always says. God sees big and he's still making miracles. We'll wrap it up there. Everybody, thank you for listening and tune in to the next podcast coming soon. And we'll, t- and we'll wrap it up from there. Take it easy. Oh, Bye-bye now. thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. I really appreciate no it. You have a great day.